This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. Thanks, disembodied hot girl voice. This is Two Nerds in a Joke with Robert and Ernie. I'm Ernie. And I'm the slightly disembodied Robert over here um, because, well, I'm wearing earphones, so my head kind of goes in and out. It's it's just, it's good times, just straight good times. Um, (laughs) We're here today with a special guest. Those it's, who, it's, you who, who this whole virtual podcasting. Yeah. I tell you, it's it's a wonderful thing because we can have guests from all over the world or country in this case. Um, but this time uh, it's special because those of you who can see in the upper corner or lower corner, wherever he's going to show up in the final production, you'll see we have a guest. We, can we call you the CEO officially, sir? Yep. <laughs> All right, so Alex Dawes is with, Daw, it's singular, um, is with us today, and you are the CEO of NGR Comics. Is that the official name? I want to make sure I have it right. Actually, it's NRG Comics. Oh, forgot. See, my, my dyslexia, Ernie, it comes in again, my letters. Yeah, it, it's cool, it's cool, I understand, you know. <laughs> it's a play on the word energy, so. Ah, see, there's a theme, Bernie. There's a theme. This is what we get. And we're going to talk today about a couple of things. Um, obviously, your comic, which is kind of the core of it. But we, we are going to talk about a few things that are really exciting when you come to a new thing and you're really going to start building a universe out of it and how that works. Um, and kind of talk about what what builds a character, especially with, with you guys just kind of really getting to the thick of it um, with your zero comic, number zero, coming out for your crowdfund. Um, so Ernie and I are going to ask you a couple questions, but first, tell us a little bit about you so the audience knows exactly who you are. Well, what's up, guys? My name is Alex Daw. Um, I'm, I just recently turned 28, so happy birthday to me. Um, I'm the co- co-founder and one of the head writers of NRG Comics. Um, uh, uh, we, we aim to create the next big superhero universe. So we're starting small, but we one day want to be as big as Marvel or DC, but we want to create a whole brand of characters, of superheroes, never been done before, that take classic tropes, but subvert them and invert them in a way that people could say, wow, this is really original. I want to read more of this. And Because, you know, superheroes have been my passion since I was a kid. I grew up on Power Rangers, Bruce Timm animated shows. You know, it's just, it's always what I wanted to do, especially since I can't be one in real life. Yes, right. Yeah, so, so, so with Energy Comics, we hope to create the next big superhero universe, and we want to do this right by our fans. You know, we want to give them the best stories, the best, uh, like, deals we can. We we want, we, we as fans know what, what they are going through with some of the more bigger companies, and we want to actually do right by them. We've heard their cries of what they want, and we plan to give them that. Awesome. Well, Ernie, I know that sometimes I dominate the conversation, so I'm going to let you go first this time, and you can start with your questions before I get started on my rambling rants. So we all have those moments where we see a comic and we're like, wow, I have this great idea. I know I can make a comic out of it. Now, you actually took that step, and you're like running with it. So what what was it that inspired you to go with uh, what inspired me to go with Zener? um well it's actually kind of a long story Zener was actually in a long run kind of a kind of an idea that kind of developed over time the earliest depiction of him was that he was basically going to be like a all-powerful superman type who was dealing with who had like batman's dark personality and at the time i couldn't get that to work because i wasn't as 
Human Arts. And then like, uh, and then slowly I kept putting it back on the shelf, on the shelf again, coming back to it. And you know, one day I just had this idea for, what if a guy had all these psychic powers, not just the basics like telepathy and telekinesis, but what if he had like some of the lesser ones that you see on like television, like mediumship or dowsing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I decided I had this character for it couldn't work, so I decided to recycle into that and kept putting the going back and forth on this. And you know, eventually got to the point where I was like, you know, what like you know, psychics, you know, they do a lot of mind reading, but what if they had like what their biggest weakness was their own mind? You know, what if they were suffering from mental problems or stress or psychological issues that made it hard for them to really do their job as a superhero? And on, so we built on that, and we came up with this character of Zener, who is a guy who wants to do good with his powers, but he's had a tough life in which that he was traumatized at a very young age, spent some time in a mental asylum, and now that he's out, he wants to do good with his powers, but he, he's kind of his own worst enemy when it comes to it. He, he's struggling to use his powers for good. He's a doctor in real life, like a psychologist doctor for training, and, you know, he, he wants to do, like I said, he wants to, be, he's a healer by nature. He wants to heal criminals as like much as like, just put a stop to their crimes. But, but I mean, really, he's got his own fragile mentality that's kind of his own, his own kryptonite. You know, he's, he's very powerful, but at any time he could really cause calamity and that's really working against him in his career. So people are, are for him as much as they are against him. And he's dealing with the, the, and dealing with that really puts on, it focuses on how, how hard it is to be a superhero. Like things you don't normally see in other comics where like superheroes are like living the perfect life. But with Zener, you see that it's actually a, a big responsibility and there can be a lot of backlash to it. And one of the interesting things is, and I'm not going to give too much away, but his first big fight, if you will, in the comics, which is, really interestingly done because you kind of take an angle of this it's almost it's almost a little meta right i mean you're taking an angle of this fight where it's like well these don't exist this isn't real blah blah and then all of a sudden it's real but the 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 thing he fights first really is kind of the opposite of him in a lot of ways right in that it's it, it has no there's no way to redeem so i think that kind of puts in your face right up in those first i mean the first half of the comic even this kind of dynamic of he's really powerful but i think that really makes it exciting where you can kind of see that reality of what the world is around him and kind of get introduced after you see the world right in that world scenario that world setting exactly like with the issue zero we kind of built on the world so we see that there are these very powerful forces at work here and Zener's caught in the middle of it and he is powerful himself but, he's, but like I said, he's caught in the middle and they're working against him um, trying to just put a hinder on his career as a superhero and he's just struggling to do his best. He's, he means well, but you know, this is, but it's not like a fairy tale story where he gets like a happy ending all the time. This is like, this, the part of this universe is a real life situation where there are backlashes to being a superhero. You know, like in our universe, you know, the good guys don't always win. And even when they do, it's like, Sometimes you got to question the cost of it. Now, one of the things that a lot of comic books touch on more recently than they used to, um, and Marvel's doing this a bit, DC kind of skirts this, is what you're kind of talking about, a collateral damage part of being a superhero. 
you're bashing up a, a, a villain in a big fight scene, whatever, right? Right. What happens after that? What are the consequences of that physical destruction? Are you guys going to spend, I know you kind of touch on it in this comic, but are you going to kind of keep that as a theme that's going to kind of overarc in this series as you continue this or expand outward that there's a real, real world, quote unquote, collateral damage that can happen from these characters and kind of delve into that dilemma of is the good I'm doing worth the consequences I may cause? So you're talking about that real world consequence. Oh yeah, definitely. Like, like a lot of the, like we have three main titles planned to expand our universe, and through three of them, we've expanded like these different ways. A lot of the, a lot of themes are going on like here are like consequences. You know, like a real life scenario. In one way, we see how it, like one title we see how it impacts the environment or the world around us. With uh, with another, we kind of like we we see a fish out of water in which things are very different from what he's used to. And now he's got to adapt to this situation, kind of live in a world where th this hero is not by the same rules of his world. And then with Zener, it's all about, you know, struggling to do good, but at the same time, you know, his good just, it just, it doesn't always work out. You know, there are forces against him. And it, sometimes the forces aren't even like the forces of evil. Sometimes it's just, it's just life, you know? Life is unfair. That's, that's kind of one of the things we believe in. And that's kind of what we showcase with, with heroes like Zener is that like there's a lot of collateral damage there's a lot of like of people who are affected and really like as much as we want to we can't make life fair because like it just can't happen despite how much we want it to now when creating these characters when when you when you were talking about about that do you find yourself putting like uh, about yourself, some other members of the. Um, well, you know, in a way, yes, I can. It's, with the Zener, it's kind of the same thing because I've struggled with anxiety before and depression, and that's kind of something that he goes through. And another part of it is, you know, I think what we, I, it's like they say you, t you write what you know, and you take what you know from the real world and you put it in this. You put in like your stories, and I feel like with Zener, it's a, it's a case of like struggling with everyday stuff. You know, like whether it be your your life, your job, your romantic life, your friendships, and, and and on top of that, being a superhero, you kind of see how it really all starts to take a toll on this, especially with someone as fragile as Zener. And you know, it's and, and the same can go for his villains, which we. We all plan to be very as powerful as him, but that's one of the recurring things we have planned is that they also have like something mentally or psychologically wrong with them. Like something made them the way they are and now they're just acting this way and it just continues to like have a backlash on them in which like they're their own worst enemies too. So but their plans always fail because of their their internal kryptonite, if you will. Something like that, yeah. That's a that's a good way to put it. Like, yeah, you know, of course, the big thing is like Xenor stops them, but also like these people, they're kind of like they're they're damaged as much as Xenor is. And Xenor, he wants to help these more these criminals more than he wants to, as much as he wants to stop them from doing bad things. So he, he's a more of a humanitarian than he is a superhero. Like I said before, he's a healer. That's what mm -hmm. he sees himself as mainly a healer. Now, kind of sounds like a a rogue 
uh, a gallery's a rogue of gal a gallery of rogue villains kind of like I can't speak okay Ernie don't give me the head shake I see that I see you um where it's kind of like almost an Arkham Asylum's gotten loose right where everybody's power trick thing is based off of real life trauma are you gonna have an element in there where okay he's now stopped them them going to rot in a jail cell is really probably not going to heal them are you going to have that psychological element go further and kind of do like what happens after ever with the villains is that something you're thinking about like an offshoot story or you know the ultimate bad guy turns good or is cause an anti-villain because i know you have you have plans you said you know to expand are you looking to expand in that direction or do you want to have a gallery of heroes, quote unquote healers, um, who are going to be a part of this universe that are going to be connected to this main character? Or how are you, how are you thinking that that is going to be expanded for your, for your comics? Well, we do plan to like explore our heroes, our villains, just as much as we are, have with our, our heroes. Like, in fact, like with some of the characters that you've seen at issue zero, they, we have directions in them where people are going to be like, okay, it's going this way, but I didn't see it going this way. Mm-hmm. And yeah, and a lot of recurring themes we have planned with our universe is shades of gray and redemption. You know, not not everyone, not everything in our universe is black and white. You know, like it might have been in the old Adam West cartoons or in the Golden or Silver Age of comics. You know, there there's great shades of gray, gray areas. Like no hero or villain is purely good or evil or, or or perfect in a sense. And really, you get to see how this kind of affects what they're doing. And especially in, in Zener's villain's case, you see how, how like once he, when he's stopping them, you see not only how it affects them, how what they do affects him, but what he tries to do really brings out kind of their inner characters. You know, there are a lot of his villains who aren't completely good, but aren't completely evil. Like you have a wide variety in which you see how this kind of all ties together. You know, it's how it like kind of affects each other. Like everything connects. That's what we try to do. Now, as far as for the book goes, <clears throat> everyone has like a certain style. Did you already know, have like an idea in your mind what style you want to go with? Or <clears throat> because like when I think about, you had mentioned earlier, one of the things that you, one of the people that you mentioned was Bruce Tim, and he has a very distinct art style. Did you want to kind of like have this universe like have one distinct style kind of like was trying to model it more of something like uh, a mix of well like I, well, like i said what the thing we try to do with our heroes like with all the heroes we have planned is we kind of like every every artist or creator like sees something that they want to do and they try to put their own spin on it in a way we can do that it's like we take things that have been done before, but we try to subvert it or invert it in a way that hasn't been done. And, you know, like there's no one style to it. Each, each hero that we have, like, has their own field with their own genre, with like how they're in. Some are planning to be more humorous. Some are planning to be a lot more scarier. Some are planning to be a little more dramatic. Some plan to tie in the classic elements of, of classic comedy. Some like plan to be their it, it's all about you know the struggle of like uh, a mental stress and struggle and 
like especially with him it's um it's almost like spider-man in a sense you know spider-man doesn't always win he doesn't always have the the audience's favor in favor of him but he still goes at it because it's not only the right thing to do but it's because he wants to do it you know he wants to use his power responsibly because he knows he can and he should and Zener is kind of the same way, even though he has like all these forces working against him, even though he's not in favor, completely in favor of the public, even though he, he with issues that Zener has, that's all it really comes down to. Which is, which is interesting because one, one of the things you have to think about with comics is the numbering system and how you're going to end up kind of drawing that out now you said your head writer correct as well i am the head writer yes but I, I probably should take this moment to say that my editor webb is writing this one because okay. he's the writing style that i wanted so okay but we, we do work to each other to but the, the character is my idea it's my concept and we do work each other to bring it out better so and there's, nothing, and there's nothing wrong with a good team as long as it works together. Are you planning to have different teams eventually working at each character, or is it like going to be the same set team of folks? Like you have to have your inker, you have to have your paint, you know, your your colorist, you have to have your panel guy. I mean, you have some of these roles combined into one person, um, for example. But do you have like a set team you want to have working on each character, or is it going to be everybody's going to kind of work on everything? How, how are you thinking that's going to work out once you expand past this? The past the one well part part of that comes to like crossing the bridge when we get there you know <laughs> fair like, enough uh, yeah but um but what we what i have always imagined is that you know if as if an artist has a certain style that i feel best brings out the visual elements of a character i want to have them working on it for as long as i can for them like i, I want them to enjoy the experience first and if they get better opportunities i won't stop them but i do mm -hmm. I would like to use it as much as I can. Case in point with the artist with Juan, he had like this perfect style for bringing out Zener and he still, he does his own side things with commissions and stuff mm. and his own webcomic. But we, we hope to continue to work with him because we've gotten to know him. And he's good at what he does. He's got a fair price mm -hmm. and um, he's just really good. And some of the other artists we work with have just, we want to work with them because they're familiar with our characters and they've given us good projects before, good results. And in the case of like writing the stories, um, I it all comes down to like, I, I kind of want to do some of the writing myself. You know, like a lot right. of these are my ideas. And I want to bring out as much, much of my voice as I can. But if I can find a writer who I feel does, has more of the voice that can, or the style that brings out the character that I need, uh, like, like Webb with Zener, then I will, I will hopefully have them on our team. So really it comes down to just what we need the moment and what direction and also also what direction we want to take the character in you know because it's like it's an ever journey the hero's journey is right and so it's going to be a few, a few muddy waters along the way a few a few potholes that hopefully will make it all the better on the other side yeah. so but as we want to be big one day so we do plan to probably have like probably different teams working on books but we're but it also comes down to what we, we can manage at the time you know like we're, we're still an indie company so we, we don't have like kind of the big necessities it's like the big two or some of the smaller ones have so we we basically got to kind of work to the best of our situation which really when you're indie that's the best thing you can do because you don't want to spread yourself too far but you also don't want to take too many baby steps
Right. And one of the big steps, obviously, is um, going from web to physical. Um, exactly. And that's yes. your big launch. And right now, you said you're doing crowdfunding to get that going? Uh, yes. We plan to launch uh, Zener's crowdfunding early, like, next spring. Like, so as soon as, like, March rolls around or something. And in the meantime, we're taking this opportunity to really promote Zener, get them as far as an audience as we can, get people to really sign up for news and updates and just about how they can make this book happen. Because the more, the bigger audience we get, the more likely it'll happen. So that's kind of our big goal right now. And this will be our first crowdfunding project and we're very excited about it. And, that's, and we're really working hard to make it a success. No, definitely makes sense. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. So let me ask you so this. So in oh. looking at the, uh, the, the it... Go ahead. Sorry about that. Didn't mean I got I got the the cue and everything right. <laughs> um, in in speaking about like your experiences um, with with starting this, did you have any influences in the industry that you could point to that you kind of like maybe took advice from, or maybe it was something that you did on your own and probably somebody helped you along? Did you have any of that along the way when you started launching this endeavor? Oh yeah, definitely. Um, like when, when, like since this was our first project, we wanted to get advice from professionals. So we looked at, you know, artists that we enjoyed following, creators who have their own projects who have been successful with Kickstarter, or Indiegogo, and we we talked to them. We asked them what the what they learned from their projects. We what they um, what they recommended we do. Like all the necessary steps we need to take. We did our research on this, and part of it was like my editor had his own project that he tried to get crowdfunded and we learned a lot from that too so we had some we had a bit of a personal experience with it too like one of us did so so we, we really wanted to do our research on this like i said we want to do it right and part of that comes down to doing research and, and even we're still doing that we're still looking at other crowdfunding projects seeing what people are doing what works what doesn't uh we're learning from our promotions like what kind of art people like what they like seeing what they like hearing we're looking into how far that we can go. It's a continuous process. And, but honestly, I enjoy doing it. I love promoting. I love promoting people's stuff, not just my own. So it's, it's a part of the, it's a, it's, it's the paperwork of the projects that I enjoy doing. This part is the paperwork, like the, the red tape stuff, but I enjoy doing it. You know, it's fun because it's what I want to do with my life. Yeah, no, definitely. And so you're the, you're the storyteller in the, in the scenario. This kind of scenario. So do you draw at all? Are you planning to take on that extra little bit or are you going to stick with the stories and the, if you will, building the, the universe concept of it yourself. And that's kind of where you feel your, you see yourself big picture going. Actually, I'm a bit of a designer. I use a program to design my characters. I designed Zener's look and a lot of the characters in it. Um, some of like some of my other projects, I have people building on the designs to bring out the limitations, to bring me out the limitations they have in the program I use. I, I try to have like as much of an influence on my characters as I can when I have someone working else on them. I, I mean, I try to give them creative freedom. If they have like good ideas, I let them do it. But you know, it's just like, I, I, I'm not trying to micromanage. I'm just trying to be a, a part of it as much as I can. Sure. You know? Touch, touch, it, touch like, all the things. Yeah, you know, because like, I, I mean, I, 
my goal in life is to create superheroes that one day people look back on and say that these are their favorites, that they grew up with them and they're their they're, they're childhood favorites. They never grew out of loving them. And they say, who's your favorite superhero? It's like, oh, it's done by Alex Dawn. It's like, if I can do that, I will be happy. So that's why I try to be involved in the project as much as possible. So, so you're looking to become the next Stan Lee is what you're saying here. Well, I don't want to like, uh, I don't want to like compare myself unless I have to. I would like to be the next Stan Lee, but honestly, I think when it comes right down to it, I want to be the first Alex Dahl. There you go. There you go. You want Alex Dahl to be that guy. Yeah. Oh, but yeah. I have met Stan Lee, and just to follow in his footsteps would be a dream. Like Stan Lee, Jack Kirby, um, uh, Ryan Otley, like all these famous creators who made their mark, you know, just to be part of that would be awesome. But I wanted to do it on my terms, on my projects. And if I can help other people do that too, make their mark, I will be happy to do that. So where where did the where did the love of comics come from? When when did that start? Do you remember how you got all involved into that? Oh, I I do I do like I I enjoy telling this story to a lot of people. Um, as I as I explained before for the show before the show, I grew up on superheroes. Well, the first of it I think I ever watched as a kid was Power Rangers, and then from and then I was I was born around the time that Batman the animated series came out, and that was a big influence on me. Mm. and then there were other like uh media platforms like justice league and then teen titans and the real one based on them just to like just to further my love for them and i started slowly browsing into other titles but i didn't really get into heavy comic collecting until i was in high school in fact this is a true story it happened on my 16th birthday i was looking for something in my school's library to read during quiet time and i found uh, Marvel's Runaways. And I was so enthralled by the story and the concept that I just had to read more. So I went to the local comic store and I started like buying all the, the trade paperbacks. And then I, and then when I ran out of those, I started looking at other titles. I looked at Jeff John's work. I looked at some Marvel titles. I looked oh. at a whole bunch of DC, but really the concept to make my own comics has always been there because I also grew up on like books like Captain Underpants where they had like little comics in them and it made me feel you know I could do this I could like do the storytelling so I, so I, I gave it a shot and you know I realized I wanted to be a writer and I decided that I wanted to create my own superheroes I wanted to do what for others what these creators have done for me well I can definitely say I don't see the influence of Captain Underpants in your current stories I think that's probably a good thing, but we'll see. We never know. You might have a comic uh, like that in the future. But yeah, I can kind of see that where you, you kind of can see what other people have done and kind of see that growing up because, you know, I remember when I started collecting and I'm sadly a little older than you, but um, I definitely had the, you know, Batman animated series. I definitely was a comic collector and, you know, I, I tried my hand at drawing and was not a good thing. And it, it ended up being something that I just loved collecting and being a part of. I ended up taking the storyline, the story creating aspect of it, because at least I felt that was something I could do, but I never really got further into the comic book realm. Did you ever feel that you could, if you didn't do comic books, would you, and, you, and as you said, you like to write, was there another medium that if you didn't get into comic books, you feel you could have applied those skills to just in case? Well, like um, I have actually, and honestly, I still do because there are a lot of creative like projects I want to do with my life. You know, I want to, 
I'm considering writing like novels. I've, I've I've recently gotten back into writing short stories. Like I'm trying to I'm trying to make a goal of writing a short story for every genre there is. Nice. Um, some of the other projects are like creating animated like television shows. Cause I'm a huge cartoon fan. Um, in college, I took my hand at playwriting, and you know one of my dreams is to turn Nightmare for Christmas into a Broadway musical because I'm a huge musical aficionado too. And you know, like I just with have songs and people. stuff. What? Well, well, like yeah. with songs and stuff. Oh. Yeah. Well, because like it's it's okay. already musical in itself, you know. Uh, sure. Sure. Okay. Fair enough. So it's like so there's there's a lot of stuff I want to do, and I I feel like I can still do it, but right now my focus is on my comics because that's what I'm most passionate about. I was just going to say that. Is that like your number one passion? The comic books? Uh, is it? Is it just the feel of the paper and everything else? Or is it just like bringing stories in your mind to life? Like what is it that, that pulls you back? I think when it comes to comics, it's a good balance of visual art and written storytelling. You, you not only get to read the story coming together, you get to watch it happen, you know? I mean, it's a, it's, a, it's a form of like physical artwork meets written literature. It, it's the best of both worlds. You know, you're kind of getting two different mediums that are coming together and like you have all these different ways that you can see it happen like with these different styles of art or writing and all these different genres and all these different ideas. And it's like, it's hard, I mean, the only, it's hard to do that in like other places, you know, cause like there's a whole different way to go about it. I think with the comics, you know, you're not just, you know, writing the story, you're bringing it to life and through art, you know, that's, that's tough to do. It's a very tough medium because you don't have quite, you can't, you don't have quite the versatility that you do with like animation, like, you know, moving animation, you know, the, the animation animation. So you have that restriction, yeah. but you have to create a craft and a piece of art in each panel to get the story to move along in the right way. And a lot of the action you guys do in your scenes are really vivid and very full of action. There's a lot going on that you kind of have to pay attention to. Do you guys hide little secrets about what you're doing next within what you have, like little hidden Easter eggs and stuff? Well, sort of in, in the issue zero, we kind of hinted at core of sort of things to come, like how it specifically ended with one of like the last minute introductions of the bad guys and like how it just ends up like is Zener good or not. Mm -hmm. And then you have like what happens to Diego Reyes, like you, you don't fully right. know, but you know he's going to be involved in something. And you introduce like these other characters, like you wonder how they're going to play, but you like you learn that ultimately they're not entirely good, but are they entirely evil? So we kind of left, we, we definitely lifted on some cliffhangers. And we also had a few Easter eggs in the beginning, just kind of what our world is like. So. Right. Kind of that, the, 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 I, I, that's one of the things I really enjoyed about the, the beginning of it too, is you really kind of go meta with it. Like the first couple of scenes and everything that happens it's like, it's not real. It's, it's going to be fake. And, and the boyfriend and girl in, in, in interaction there, it was kind of really funny to kind of see in the beginning of the comic book. You don't, you don't see that very often. Um, is that something you feel that you're going to continue to kind of play off of, of well, if they were real and they are kind of deal? Uh, actually it is, especially that's going to come to play with one of our, uh, other planned tile series. Um, give you guys a little sneak peek here. It's called Toon Man, the animated ace. And it's about a cartoon character who's banished to our world and becomes a superhero. 
So you kind of get a little, so you get like a fictional character being put into real life scenarios. And a lot, and we kind of like do a lot of things with metafiction in through that and through our other works of art. And that's definitely the case with, you know, we had Soul Man and Zener, and that's kind of like, that's, that's a, we just, it's rare to see kind of fictional works within a fictional works and like see how it affects mm-hmm. uh, the characters themselves. And I feel like that's, that's an untapped potential there. You know, it's yeah. not really taken advantage of. I, the only other place I can think of where it happened is either the Great Ghost in Batman mm. or Science Dog in Invincible. Right. Yeah, because those are influences, if you will, on those characters to some extent in those, in some of the storylines, one or two of them. But that it's kind of an interesting thing you don't talk about because even in like you know the current Marvel multiverse universe and DC universe that they're creating, they kind of avoid the topic in the movies at least these days completely. Like there are no superhero movies. Like they don't really talk about it. They kind of avoid it completely. And that's really what you see big picture and like image and counts on the smaller guys who do used to, or do still exist. Again, don't really go to that step and say, you know, what would be the influence of comic books characters on comic book people? I mean, you know, I'm a real live superhero and I don't want to go to the extreme of like, you know, the shows that are out now, like the boys or, you know, those types of things where it's going to the ultimate extremes of, of negativity, positivity kind of deal. But I still want to kind of show that kind of that feel of if I'm a real superhero and I just went and got and went and went to see Avengers and it's a fake, it's a fake movie. Like those aren't real heroes, but I'm a real hero. And I watch that. How's that going to change? Or what am I going to now consider because I've now seen that? Exactly. And that's kind of one of the things we like, we want to capture with this is like taking a fictional setting and putting it in a real world like environment because I think when it comes to comics we all wish especially in superheroes we all wish it exists you know I know I know that's I wish that stuff did exist in real life and I, I kind of like bringing that element into my comics because you, you kind of because you actually get to see it happen you see this fictional setting becoming reality and it, it's kind of I don't want to call it like audience fulfilling, but it's more like just like tapping into like the creative imaginations of the readers and like kind of their desires. Let's face it, as comic book fans, we'd all love to be like fighting in the Death Star or like throwing the one ring into Mordor, you know? So if I can try and capture something like that actually happening within my comics, I know I've made a lot of people happy. Definitely makes sense. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I have a question for you. If you had, if you were given the magic wand and you could pick any character from any of your favorite stories, it could be comic book, it could be like actual like classic literature or television, whatever, and you could bring it into your world that you're creating now. Who would it be and why? That's a that's a little bit of a tougher question to answer. There, there's because like I have a vivid imagination and like uh, I tend to daydream a lot. So there are like a lot of characters that I wish I could bring into a real life setting. Um, off the top of my head, I, I think I would want to bring Bugs Bunny into the real world. You know, um, <laughs> just like just just to bring like a classic cartoon character and create kind of a Space Jam's moment within the world. You know. And I don't know, I just, 
it'd be awesome to see one of America's, like the world's most favorite cartoon characters actually interacting amongst mankind. But if, it, but if I had to choose a superhero, I would say I would want probably Superman to come. I'm not like as big on Superman as I am other people, but I feel like in the day we're living now, we could use a Superman. Yeah, it, someone yeah. who stands for truth like this in an American way. We would. I think we need someone like that right now. Yeah, I, I saw your your excitement there, Ernie, over that one. Definitely, definitely. Oh yes, <laughs> big blue. Yeah, the big blue. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, like, yeah. I mean, I love I love Superman. I love how iconic he is. I love the potential he has. Um, I I just. My favorite Superman has always been the Bruce Tim animated series one. I feel that was the best version done. Yeah. And honestly, I think the comics were a little more like that. But that's that's a whole different other thing. That I, I could, like, <laughs> that's a whole other episode. We'll, we'll get back to that one definitely in the future because that is a whole thing too. Oh yeah, we gotta bring you back for that. I <laughs> love even the nineteen forties, uh, you know, era like animation Superman. I love that one too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah uh, um. Yeah, I, I, I could probably go, I could probably have, I would love to do that, actually. Just have a rousing discussion, you guys, regarding Superman, just like everything about him that works, what doesn't, what, what could be done, what couldn't, what's worked best, what hasn't, and just things like we would love to do with it, you know, as the creators, if we had a chance. Oh, yeah, take something iconic and, and really kind of mix it up a little bit. I'm still, I'm still waiting for my, my, uh, my, my really, the dark Superman to come along and, and, and injustice to exist in, in a, any form. I don't care. Make, make, make an animated movie. I don't care. I just, I just want it to exist. You know, um, this is one of my favorite stories. So, actually, I wouldn't be surprised if they actually end up making an injustice movie. I would, I, you know what, in some form, I would be grateful for that. I don't know what the heck they're doing with the movies right now. I just, I just don't know anymore what DC's trying to pull off. Um, I'm enjoying them as movies individually, but I just like to see that. But even they make an animated movie because you know they rock the animated movie scene like completely. So even if it's an animated yeah, one, you, I would still you, watch the hell out of it. Yeah, you, you have you pick any show. There's not been one bad DC animated show or movie. No, no, it's, it's all it's, it's, been, like, it's like a strong point, you know. Oh, absolutely. Well, before we completely go off into another tangent here, into a whole other topic, we wanted to give you a free moment here to really kind of go, do the heavy promotion. We're going to have all the links below, um, either on the YouTube page or the, uh, whatever podcast service you guys are using, uh, you know, Apple, Spotify, all our, all our great sponsors. We're going to put all the links there as well, but we want to give you that chance to really tell people what, where they can go, where they can find your stuff, and what, what comes next. Okay. Well, first of all, I'd just like to say thank you for having me again. This has been awesome. I enjoy moments like these where I can interact with them. Secondly, uh, once again, guys, we are NRG Comics. Our goal is to create the next big superhero universe for the fans, by the fans, and dedicated to the fans. Um, you can find us on such social media sites as Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Uh, we also have our few comics going on such indie sites as Duck Web Comics, uh, Let's see, Tapas, Webtoons. Uh, our main sites that we use for like interaction are DeviantArt, like I said, Facebook and Twitter, those two. Um, and right now, well, the biggest thing we want to promote right now is our Indiegogo page, which has launched our preview, and it'll give you a great like, example of what's to come in Zener. Right now, you can sign up for 
emails and notifications on when it's coming out, what we have planned for it. Cause we have like, like some cool um, tier rewards for it. Like for example, if you donate a certain amount, you can be actually drawn into the story. Or if you donate a certain amount, you will get a copy of one of our old projects. Um, really, you really, and we really can't stress enough. We would like your help and appreciation in helping spread the word on Zener because the more people who know about it, the more people who become interested in it, the more who wanted to make it happen, it will happen. We can't do this without your help, and we appreciate all help that you can give us. Let's just by signing up or spreading the word, we promise we will not make you regret it. And the thing about NRG is, and us as a team of people, we believe in supporting our fellow indie creators. So if you have a project, if you have something you're working on, let us know and we will do our best to become invested in it, let other people know about it. Because the only way we can all grow as creators is if we support each other. Hashtag indie support. Indie support, absolutely. Well, we thank you for coming on. We always love talking to creators. Um, it is one of our favorite things to nerd out about and see what the future of comics is going to be because it is one of those weird fields that is really kind of still open. Even though there's the big boys out there, there's still a lot of room for the independent guys to come up and really make a name for themselves. So we're, we're hoping that you will be one of those guys and we can say, we see, interviewed him when he was a, a wee little thing right over there. So we want to be, we want to be those guys. So we, we did him first. We knew him better. And you know, all of that. So that's, that's our, that's our claim to fame. That's going to be our thing. Uh, <laughs> but we want to make sure our fans know that we will, this will be able to be found uh, information about the great comics and the company and everything else that will be found below in the link here. Follow us on YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. For the three fans we have on Amoeba, thank you for that. Um, and of course, maybe we'll get back on and do a TikTok video again at some point here in the near future. Fingers crossed. We'll see if that happens. But, you know, we are not really that much dancing. So we'll see what happens. But with any great comic book universe that you are going to create, you have to have a great tagline. For us, the great tagline is, of course, if you will, Ernie. Peace out. Peace out, everybody. We'll talk to you guys next time. And that's another episode of Two Nerds and a Joke. Follow Robert and Ernie on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and subscribe to their YouTube channel. <laughs>